Woi woi, woi woi, woi woi. Then it then go on the radio again. Yo, if you wanna smoke free weed, go board yourself. You need to go plant a seed. Go board yourself, make your knowledge increase. Go board yourself, go board yourself. All right, welcome to episode number 31 of Grow Bud Yourself. We have a great show for you guys this week. We have Aaron from DNA Genetics. Uh, we got a great cultivation segment for you, our strain of the fortnight, grow tips, and much, much more. So stick around for Grow Bud Yourself, episode number 31, brought to you by Excelsior Extracts. All right. As always, thank you to DJ Jacques and Winstrong for the song. Grow Bud Yourself, episode 31, is here. Mike, how are you? You know, I'm doing well. The song gets me up, so, you know, I'm doing a little better now. Yeah, absolutely. Grow Bud Yourself. What a concept. Hey, Grow Bud Yourself. <laughs> I love it. Um, people know that that was part of the reason you chose that name? What do you mean? Well, you know, because it sort of suggests a a go f yourself kind of vibe. Uh, I mean, you know, it's there. It's the it's the sub part of it. Yeah, <laughs> go bud yourself. We contain multitudes. Well, yeah. So episode thirty one, we have a really great show. Uh, Aaron from DNA Genetics has joined us uh, again. Absolutely. Yeah, we're excited about that. And uh, yeah, all kinds of interesting stuff in the news as well. Yeah, you know, it's interesting. New Jersey, they um, they passed that legalization bill by like a gigantic margin. I think 67% of people uh, voted for that. But now, unfortunately for, for the people of New Jersey, uh, it falls on the state legislature to actually make the law uh, for legalization to begin. And that's the same legislature that was incapable of agreeing on a legalization law, which sent that issue to the voters in the first place. Wow. Well, that's some circular logic there. Yeah. So it's all tangled up. Basically, there's like these sticking points where, um, you know, there's a few little things that they're haggling over. But the issue that really caught my eye, I wanted to bring this up with you, get your take on it. Um the legalization doesn't take effect until January 1st because it was part of the election. So until then, people, you know, ostensibly could still be arrested for possession. So the legislature is trying to pass a decriminalization bill that will stop the police from arresting people and also add expungements uh, for cannabis crimes from the past. Unfortunately, even that vote has kind of gotten derailed because the Senate the New Jersey Senate added a decriminalization of shrooms to the bill. And the Assembly has refused to vote on it because in addition to decriminalizing cannabis, the New Jersey Senate also would like to decriminalize up to an ounce of uh, magic mushrooms. Yeah, I mean, all I have to say to that is, you know, like one thing at a time. You know what I mean? Like, let's just... Let's do the cannabis thing, get that through, get it solved, get that issue figured out. And, you know, then, then we can move on to, you know, mushrooms and, and, and other things. And, but yeah, we don't want to cram everything into one, one bill. That yeah. doesn't seem to make sense at all. I mean, the state senators make a good point. Uh, you know, at this point, uh, you could receive pretty serious uh, jail time. I think it's um, three to five years in prison for possession of shrooms. So obviously that's ridiculous, but yeah, like Dan said, maybe maybe let's just nail down the whole pot thing first that the voters have overwhelmingly stated they want taken care of and legalized, and then we'll deal with other stuff. Absolutely. Absolutely. And uh, we mentioned it just briefly at the end of uh, episode 30, but we should uh, congratulate Massachusetts. They have um, started a new delivery license that will essentially allow... Um, companies to uh, buy their own inventory wholesale, then store it at a warehouse, and then deliver their products direct to consumers, as opposed to actually having a storefront dispensary. And people uh, are only eligible for those new licenses for delivery uh, if they are part of the uh, social equity program in the state. So that's a that's a nice step forward. Yes, a big win. And I think our uh, friend of the pod, Chanel Lindsay, was involved in uh, in getting that passed, right? 
Yeah, Chanel Lindsay was a big part of that push there. Um, it's sort of a make good because Massachusetts, as Chanel Lindsay told us, has not lived up to some of its um, equity promises. So, yeah, she was she was definitely a big part of getting that um, as part of the uh, social equity program in Massachusetts. Yes, absolutely. So congrats to them. And hopefully uh, when New York gets its uh, shit together, uh, we <laughs> <Yep>. will have <laughs> we will have the best of all of them. I think, you know, culminating in how we do things, we can hope. You know what? Uh, Since you brought that up, I wasn't going to talk about this right now, but I have a, I have a question for you. I don't know if you heard, but New York recently released its CBD rules, basically its rules for um, hemp extracts, anything extracted from the hemp plant. And uh, they're some of the most restrictive in the country. They're very, very strict. They won't allow um, the sale or consumption of um, dried hemp flour, which by definition has, what, less than uh, 0.3% THC or whatever it is. Uh, In addition to that, our medical program is one of the most restrictive in the country. You know, you can't smoke uh, actual cannabis flower. So what what makes Cuomo and other New Yorkers so confident that an adult use legal uh, cannabis program in New York would be successful when, you know, we've survived on the black market all this time and we have soon to have a New Jersey as a legal state option, Massachusetts nearby. Uh, also, if we really want to drive Vermont and Maine, what what makes uh, New Yorkers think that that program is going to be as successful as uh, they would have us believe? Uh, you know, that's a really good question, actually. I'm not sure what, you know, I think they think that they have a captive audience. I think they think that people aren't going to travel, you know, if they have uh, viable options here. I think... Uh, you know, the medical, the people who've had, you know, the medical dispensaries here in New York really are probably almost all losing money with their dispensaries and therefore just waiting patiently so that they can start doing rec sales and they'll have that foot in the door. They'll have their location already established. They'll have, um, you know, vertical integration already established and they'll be the first through, you know, that gate, uh, the first ones to be selling on the day that, you know, they're allowed to do so. And, you know, that's why companies like MedMen and all these uh, multi-state operators have a foothold in New York, because it certainly can't be that they're making money, uh, at least not yet. And so, you know, but they have connections in Albany, they have connections to the, you know, to government. And I think, you know, they're they're the ones that typically try to keep the, the home grow law out of the legislation you know, that try to hold down the equity situation so that it's in their benefit and not, you know, to the benefit of the people it should benefit and all of that. So, you know, you just got to hope that uh, the legislators see through that and, and, and you know, really uh, give people, you know, their licenses and things on the basis of merit and and whether they should have it and, and, and the reasons why. So, yeah, I mean, not a ton of confidence in, in Cuomo. He kind of keeps pushing this off and, and, and not really taking a lot of responsibility for it. But uh, uh, as we always say, like once New York goes, I mean, that's, that's you know, the whole country's going to be legal at that point. And, uh, and then, you know, you really got to start asking the national question. When is cannabis completely taken off of the, you know, schedule one or schedule list at all? You know, and just becomes uh, more akin to, you know, a nutritional supplement, you know, and not a dangerous narcotic. So I, you know, I don't know, you know, you know, in a perfect world, they do it the right way. Uh, That hasn't happened in almost any state. The real key is just not to overregulate and not to over, uh, you know, make people jump through too many hoops in order to be on the legal side, because as we've seen, that'll keep people in the underground. I agree with you. Uh, it is a captive audience in New York, but uh, Cuomo desperately wants cannabis. He's included it in his past two um, budgets to the state, and the legislature just won't put it through. But the point is, you know, he desperately wants it to fill the gaps of this like $15 billion deficit that the state faces. And I just don't know how successful the program is going to be if New York continues on this uh, track of sort of you know, severely limiting all of its cannabis-related programs. But 
maybe I'll be wrong. I, I hope I'm wrong, and I hope New York uh, kind of does it the right way. We'll see. Yeah, I mean, we certainly could use it. We could. But let's move on to some good news. Um, we have surpassed the requisite number of patrons on Patreon, right? So that, of course, That's means right. we're going to do a giveaway. Yes, we are doing a giveaway. Uh, a magical butter machine is going to go uh, to one of our Patreons. We can't actually do the giveaway on Patreon, so I'm going to uh, announce it through our social media, uh, and I'll announce the winner on there, but uh, we can't actually do it through there. But uh, we really appreciate you guys supporting us over there. Uh, you can get on there for as little as $4.20 a month uh, and up to you know 40 bucks a month if you really want to go nuts. And, you know, it just makes you part of the Grow Bud Yourself family. Um, and, you know, we're doing this weekly. We plan on uh, continuing on for a long time. So uh, get in early and often and, uh, you know, join us as uh, supporters of the show. Yeah. And so we will be announcing the winner of the Magical Butter giveaway uh, next week's show. And we'll get that machine out to the winner, and they can start making their own uh, edibles, tinctures, gummies, uh, oils, almost anything uh, you want to infuse your cannabis with. Uh, and we have an old friend back for uh, a second interview for the first time ever on the Grow Bud Yourself podcast. Yeah, uh, we, have, uh, we have Aaron from DNA Genetics again, right? That's right. Yes, he's come back to update us on uh, some things. And, you know, we go through a lot of stuff about grow tips and, uh, you know, a little bit about the career and and uh, new uh, collaborations that have been going on. Uh, it's been they've come a long way, those boys, uh, you know, since 2004, when they kind of jumped onto the cannabis scene in Amsterdam with DNA genetics and started winning cannabis cups and then, uh you know, just they've built that into a huge empire now that's uh, international and, uh, you know, huge. And they brought their friends along for the ride, which is awesome, too. Yeah, it is. So uh, what do you say we, we get right into that interview? Let's do it. We will be back after these messages with uh, Aaron from DNA Genetics and more Grow Bud Yourself. Hey, you guys, this episode is brought to you by Excelsior Extracts and their incredible THC-infused relief rub. Uh, and now this stuff really works. And uh, I know it works because it's made by our friend Outcast, and she needs very, very strong topicals. Uh, so the relief rub is the strongest topical I've ever tried. Check them out on Instagram at Excelsior Extracts, all one word. Uh, DM them for info on the relief rub if you're interested. And uh, give them a follow. Uh, they're great people, and they grow great cannabis and make great products. So thank you to Excelsior Extracts. Now back to the show. All right. Welcome back. And uh, we have a special guest for you guys this week, uh, a returning guest, actually. For the first time in the Grow Bud Yourself era, we have Aaron from DNA Genetics. Aaron, welcome to the show. Hey, hey, Danny. Hey, Mike. How are you guys doing? It's always good to talk to you guys. Good. Welcome back. Welcome back. You're our first uh, recurring guest, uh, returning. And uh, it sounds like you're rolling up a little uh, a little joint there, huh? Yeah, I'm twisting up some DNA cake right now that's currently out in market here in california and i love it bro that's awesome that's really cool um so last time you were on we talked a lot about like kind of the origins of dna and kind of how you guys got started over in amsterdam uh in the early 2000s um won the cannabis cup in 2005 um and basically built your brand over there in europe um you know and now as the laws have changed, um, you know, you guys have, have now been back in the U.S. Um, tell me a little bit about what you've done here in the United States since returning from uh, from Amsterdam and Europe in general. Well, you know, I think for, foremost is before we we haven't we still haven't left Europe. We still have our shop there and everything. And we're still running our business in Europe. Uh, the first move was to Canada. 
and we partnered up with Canopy Growth Corporation uh, about five years ago, I want to say. And um, I was spending a lot of time in California going back and forth. You know, I think uh, the, one of the first things that happened in California is, you know, we hit that medical market. Right. It was safer for us to grow legal, legal medical cannabis and serve up the dispensaries and or the extract companies that were turning it all into extracts and supplying the dispensaries or building their brand off the genetics. But, you know, um, enjoying the sunshine, the fires, the earthquakes, you know, I guess, you know, raising the family, you know, uh, weed is still number one, Danny. <laughs> yeah, well, the Terps don't lie, right? The Terps don't lie. You know, we're the root of the fruit. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, I wanted to talk to you about this new collaboration in Michigan uh, with Sky Mint Brands. Uh, this is a, uh, I believe, a vertically uh, integrated cannabis company in Michigan with like, I think, seven or more dispensaries, correct? Yeah, I think they have more dispensaries than seven. And um, yeah, the parent company is Green Peak Innovation, GPI. And their stores are called Sky Mint. They're great partners. Happy with the weed that's coming out of there. Uh, I mean, that's our first one in Michigan, you know, and going to be our only one because they're doing it right. So they are growing DNA genetic strains, and uh, those are available at their shops in Michigan? Yes. And let me tell you right now, I can tell you what strains exactly are, are currently being sold on the Michigan market, not only at SkyMint uh, dispensaries, but at other dispensaries too. We have Chocolo that we all remember from Amsterdam, the original. We have Lemon Skunk, LA Confidential, Baker's Delight, Clementine, Strawberries, Skittles, Strawberry Banana. Uh, we have Strawberry Banana and Kosher Kush. And there's some other ones that are, you know, growing that are not out on the market yet. That's awesome. That's really cool. Um, so people that are listening in Michigan can can pick up uh, DNA genetic strains grown uh, by SkyMint uh, and available in the number of different um, Skyman shops and those they, that was as you mentioned Green Peak Innovations originally, right? Yes. I noticed that uh, some of the sales actually benefit Last Prisoner Project as well. Yep, and we did the we also did the same in Arizona. You know, we've uh, we have been lobbying for safe banking and stuff like that, and uh, you know, this plant should be free and same with the people that have been in trouble for it. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Now, um, you guys also started this uh, Pimp, Pimp My Grow Room project, and I would imagine, I guess, COVID's probably put that on hold a little bit. Um, but tell me a little bit about uh, the Pimp My Grow Room. Yeah, well, um, we – I'm trying to think of the company that we did it with. Um, but either way, no Pimp worries. My Grow, if people submitted uh, to have maybe a grow – a small grow built in their, in their house, you know, or maybe they were growing already and uh, they wanted their grow room uh, fixed up and done a little bit more proper. And we went into these people's places and like built a grow room within their garage, you know, and didn't take up their whole garage built us. Um, you know, they had a secret room and they had a room and we made it a secret room, put like, you know, shelving in front of the doorway and brought in like dosatrons and and really made their room an actual grow that they can be proud of. And to this day, there's still some of those guys that we we did their grows that are still growing. Some of them are growing kosher kush that are just banging, you know, and they're and they're and they're crushing it. So I think it's I think it's pretty cool, you know, like it's a cool show. And yeah, with COVID, um, actually, there's. Uh, I was supposed someone called me right now, Josh from, oh, it was prohibited media that we originally put that out with. And uh, Viacom, I guess, is going to be picking up the show. I just heard today. 
and they want to talk about season two. So I don't know how we're going to do season two. I don't, you know, but I imagine it's, it's not going to be so easy because you can't actually physically go into these people's houses, you know, because then there's going to be way too many people or the turkey's going to be way too big. And, you know, there's no partying. I think there's going to be virtual pimp my grows happening, but I'm just, uh, I'm just thinking out loud. <laughs> right on. Right on. Um, there was also a partnership in the summer uh, with Insane OG uh, for this for profits. Um, yes. F O U R profits. Yeah. Right? For profits. It's a it's a, a strain called Three Times Crazy, times Kosher Kush, and then Three Times Crazy is a three way hybrid. So we figured three way hybrid with the kosher is a four thing and. Why not make it the four prophets, right? Those are like some powerful people in biblical times, supposedly. And we came up with the four prophets. It's a, it's a strong. It's great. We actually put out more than just the four prophets with Insane OG. We did pretty much all, uh, Baker's Delight. Uh, we've done um, Kosher Kush, 24K, Miss DNA now. It used to be called Miss USA. But... Um, the parent company in Miss the USA pageant had a little issue <laughs> to us using the name Miss USA. So they sent us a wonderful letter and uh, we changed the name to Miss DNA. But yeah, right that, that, great collabor- collaboration. Uh, you know, we, we actually are currently growing with Green Thumb Farms. Our indoor is currently being grown at Green Thumb Farms. I'm here right now, actually. Oh, wow. That's awesome. That's awesome. I noticed, um, we, you know, we recently had, um, Sid and Josh, um, from pistol point and Natura, uh, yes. out in Sacramento. And, uh, I guess you guys, you and, uh, and Crockett and Don, uh, paid and res, I believe paid them a visit recently, right? Yeah. We actually signed our name in cement over at their facility while they were laying it. <laughs> wow. And, uh, you know, it was Sid, it's Josh and, and the head man, Ori, who's uh-huh. the big guy there. And, um, yeah, we, uh, we're partners with them now. And uh, we're going to be bringing out a bunch of different new products to the market uh, for DNA genetics. And um, Nutera is going to help us with that. You know, they, they have the canopy space. They're growing some very high-quality greenhouse weed. You know, that some people would put into packaging and call it indoor. Um, I think, uh, you know, that's the right fit. They can create everything that we want under one roof from, you know, uh, a chocolate kiss to uh, to a drink, you know, anything we could pretty much anything we can imagine we can do under one roof there. That is awesome. They're really yeah. cool people. I mean, like the first seeds those dudes grew were from Crockett. Right. Right. I'm not saying they didn't know who DNA was. I'm just saying they might have been a DNA by Crockett. I don't know. But right. You know, like Crockett and us, we're family. And it's it's an it's an awesome because now we're gonna be able to grow. I mean, we're already putting out Crockett pre roll joints right now. Yeah, I noticed that there's infused pre rolls as well, right? Yeah, a THC enhanced. <laughs> I like the sound of that. Um, so we're putting out. We're going to be putting out some uh, some bagged Crockett weed also, and um, soon, hopefully, when we gather enough indoor weed uh, of our varieties, we can make indoor pre roll joints for DNA. That's uh, also in the plan, and we're oh we're gonna be coming out with our pens with Moxie. Moxie has been doing the extraction for us. Uh, you know Jordan and Billy, those guys. Uh, they've been around a long time. They're doing our um, our extracts for us, and we have. I mean, our pens are gonna be pretty special. I got to just say we we're not. There's no cut. There's no distillate. You know, it's all Terps. 
It's like the holy water of pens. Wow. And those will be available in California uh, first. First, yeah. We would like to do that in Arizona. We're, we have enough canopy space to do the processing. We just got to convince our partners that it's going to be worth it. So Copper State, if you're listening, let's do those extracts, guys. Let's do them. <laughs> That's awesome. Well, let's talk a little grow stuff. Uh, um, if people are buying uh, seeds and they want to, uh, they want to get a nice keeper pheno out of a pack. Um, what what do you? How do you recommend people uh, germinate seeds? What's the best way? People have the the wet paper towel method. Sometimes people want like to soak their seeds. What do you recommend? You know, Danny, we've been doing uh, we've been on stage. I don't know for many years when we were doing the high times cannabis cups. And we never really tried to tell people how to grow, but we could tell them how, how we do it. And if they choose to do it our way or one of their friends that they listen to ways, there's many ways to get to the end of the rainbow. And, um, you know, I personally, I like to soak my seeds till they don't float anymore. And then I put them in a paper towel method. A, inside a Ziploc bag and I hang that Ziploc bag vertically. So when the seed germinates, the root goes down and not up. And then you don't end up with a curly, a curly seed germination, you know, or you could soak them in water and wait for them to crack and then plant them in the soil and let them germinate that way. I mean, there's so, there's so many ways and not one way is the correct way. They're all they they all work. Mm-hmm. Now, what, what what do you think is the best way as far as you know things that people should remember um, to get the most out of their plants uh, as far as essential oil production, um, terpenoid, flavonoid, uh, cannabinoids, all of that. Like, like what? Love the plant. Treat your plant like it's a your their baby. You know, they're raising that plant. You don't want to, you don't just shove food down your baby's throat all the time. You want to, you know, plant, you don't want to keep it soaking wet in water either. You want it to dry down, you know, you want it, you don't want to give it so much moisture. Uh, you want to give it plenty of light, depending if they're growing in the outdoor or if they're growing indoor, light, light. A little bit of food in the water that you're that you're watering them with, and uh, and proper pH also helps a whole lot. pH, yes, something people uh, tend to not always monitor either. I mean, you know, sometimes you're lucky where you live, and right. that cup of water and that little bit of nutrient that you throw in your cup might make your pH spot on. You know, so, I mean, proper pH between 5.8 and 6.2 is very safe, a very safe range. If you're going into 6.2, that would be more into your heavy flowering stages, week four, week five, week six. Those would be the the good times to bump up your pH because that's when those nutrients are available in that pH range. Lower pH is more of a a growth stage, you know, the 5.8 to six, uh, you can't go wrong in those, in those pHs, you know, mm-hmm. whether you're in soil or cocoa, those are very good pHs to go by. Now, which of your strains is your favorite, uh, to make hash with or, or to smoke that hash, like out of all of your award-winning genetics? Ooh, Danny, that's a hard that's a hard question, brother. <laughs> that's, that's a really that's hard, a hard question hard. because, like, California. Let's just say for California, okay. Our varieties, our flowers, were used by all the big extract companies, right? And they all won cannabis cups. The Tangies, the the Tangy was 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 extraordinarily new to the world. Not new for us because we had it in 95, but like that flavor, that taste, that ruin your bong type of <laughs> terpene. Um, those things I think uh, are just, 
I, I don't there's some of them strawberry banana miss you miss, yeah. miss dna uh, la confidential but you have to grow a lot of it um man uh, the the list goes i mean the list goes on chocolate makes great hash you know uh kosher kosher dog uh, i mean 24k i don't know if i said that already but i mean like <laughs> if you're talking about hash production like high yields like those strawberry banana hybrids and stuff like that yeah those have some amazing flavor too the strawberry banana seems to do really well in like uh, solventless competitions and oh, uh, yeah. rosin you know in the rosin kind of format yeah uh, you know give thanks to crockett you know my partner uh business partner family brother you know break bread families get together that was something that he passed to us along with the tangy and you know we couldn't like we did so much with that and we we also helped crockett become a brand by that, you know, as we put out Tangy, it was Crockett's Tangy, you know, and this was Crockett's Strawberry Banana. It wasn't, it was, it was always under Reserva Pravada, you know, mm-hmm. it was never under DNA because we didn't, we didn't create that, but we right. know, but we know what does and we know how to make seeds, more seeds of it. Mm-hmm. Banana OG also. Another great hash producing strain. Um, so many strains. I think it goes back to those terpenes that we talked about. You know that you, know, you said our terps don't lie. Like when you have a strain that is just like wow, a smell, and there's a wow factor there. Usually that transcends into the hashish that it comes from it. Whether it was grown in Morocco, 24k grown in Morocco that comes out tasting like 24k tangy ish, or you know, it's it's grown in, indoors in hydro or cocoa or in soil. I mean, outdoors. I mean, like so many of the varieties. We're working, you know, we're doing a collab with uh, Vital Grown, Brian from Garden uh, Vital Five. Garden Supply. <laughs> yeah. Uh, he grew a lot of our, of our variety this year, this summer, uh, all organic outdoors. And... Um, He's going to turn it into concentrate. It's going to be branded with DNA on it. Um, and it's a collab with him. You know, we, so many different, we work with so many different people over the years, Danny. Yep. We're friendly dudes that just love weed. We want the best <laughs> weed, you know? Well, things have come a long way, obviously, since, uh, since you guys first headed over to, to Amsterdam and, and, and started making a name for yourselves. Yeah, um, what a lot, do you what do you th- It's not fun anymore. <laughs> it's not fun. It's not as fun, <laughs> right? It's work now, right? It's well. I mean, it was work then. We busted <laughs> right. our. I mean, like think about it. we busted our ass for, I don't know how many years without taking a trip back to the United States. You right. know, like yeah, over a decade. Yeah, for someone to go to a trade show, someone would have to stay back because plants need. You love the plants come first. Without the plants, you got none of this, and we can never, right. never forget that. Without the plants, nothing happens. You know, so numero uno in my life is the plant that I'm smoking on. <laughs> Absolutely. Now, what do you, what does the future hold for DNA? And uh, you know, what what do you what do you envision um, coming down the pike in the next uh, few couple of years? You know, I think uh, just Growing, uh, licensing, the licensing platform, working with uh, with growers, producers, uh, and companies in different states, and uh, have our product everywhere. Yeah, I mean, you're in different countries, too, now at this point, uh, including South America. Yeah, we're in Germany. Uh, Germany, that's incredible. You know, it, it's... It's pretty cool. Like you never in a million years when we were sitting around in, you know, the around the table at the cannabis cup, do we think any of this, you know, we were just enjoying it and and smoking weed and tasting other people's weed and 
and just trying to grow the best weed you can, right? And put out quality genetics for the world to have. And I still want to do that. You know, I want to be everywhere where the weed plant is. I mean, we're already there with seed form. I want to be there as a brand. Right on. Right on. Well, how uh, how can people find out more about you guys uh, as far as website and social media and also the uh, the Sky Mint collab for our friends in Michigan? Yeah, you can go by any of the Sky Mint facilities uh, in Michigan. I think they have, they're, they're all over the place. Yeah, all around Michigan. Yeah, and if you can't find our weed, this goes out to all you guys out there in Michigan. If you can't find our weed in your local dispensary, Please let me know at DNA Genetics underscore no DNA underscore Genetics at Instagram, and we'll get your we'll get the weed to those dispensaries in Michigan. We want everybody to have it. You know, it shouldn't just be at SkyMint; it should be at all the dispensaries. Right on. Well, uh, there's DNAGenetics.com, uh, SkyMint.com. Also, uh, DNA underscore genetics, as you mentioned, on Instagram. Well, hey, thank you so much, uh, Aaron from DNA Genetics. Um, Thanks for coming on the show. Appreciate it. And uh, we will be back with more after these messages. All right. And we are back. And uh, the cultivation segment has begun. It has, yeah. Good to hear from Aaron again. He's becoming, a, I guess, a regular guest on the podcast. <laughs> that's right. This, this, he's the first uh, two-timer. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's great. Uh, DNA, old friends. We got to have Don on the show soon. But this is the Cultivation segment, and it has been a fortnight, which of course means it is time for Strain of the Fortnight. What do you have for us? Yes. Okay, so this this week's uh, Strain uh, is Forbidden Fruit. This is a uh, a mix of two classic fruit flavored strains. Uh, one is Tangy, actually, which uh, you know DNA Genetics uh, and Crockett uh, brought into the fore f- forefront, winning cannabis cups and everything. Uh, so it's Tangy from uh, Crockett uh, and DNA guys, uh, crossed with Cherry Pie uh, from the Cookie Fam, um, and actually our friend Jimmy. Uh, Jimmy Devine wrote it up in Cannabis Now and actually got to, you know, talk to the actual breeder, uh, Joseph from Chameleon Extracts, who who put those two strains together and actually created the Forbidden Fruit. Um, so it's like this really, you know, purple, you know, classic Bay Area, uh, purple indica, very fruity, um, you know, kind of got that tangy orange you know tangerine citrus smell to it uh kind of sweet cherry uh almost the type of cherry that like cough syrup tastes like like that uh that fake cherry kind of taste uh and it's definitely an indica um you know it's that purple uh kind of couch lock type of strain um but there's notes of pine and mango uh, and like I said, you know, red colored candy, like cherry flavored candy or um, cough syrup. That's like cherry flavored. Uh, and just like cough syrup, it gives you like deep uh, physical relaxation, uh, stoniness, uh, very much good for uh, people who have insomnia, can't sleep through the night, wake up in the middle of the night, boom, smoke a bowl, forbidden fruit, right back to bed. Um, definitely munchies, you know. Uh, so if you have loss of appetite, uh, forbidden fruit is very helpful with that. Uh, very relaxing, you know, definite couch lock, you know, effect heavy. So it's got the flavor, um, you know, it's nighttime bud, uh, growers will love it. You know, uh, it grows pretty easily. Uh, not a super duper huge yielder, but also not too finicky, uh, about a nine week flowering time. Um, and yeah i mean just a real good overall strain if you let it go 10 weeks it'll get even more purple uh and uh very much a nighttime strain uh and if you want to take a look at you know just how beautiful it is google forbidden fruit uh cannabis and you'll see you know the the dark purple 
the very frosty nuggets, uh, very bright orange hairs, just very pretty and very tasty, bud. All right. Forbidden fruit. That sounds uh, like a terrific strain of the Fortnite. And um, now, each week, uh, Dan offers a topic on cultivation that will help you become a better grower. So what would you like to talk about in detail this week? So this week I'm going to talk about basically, uh, and this relates a little bit to the strain, and it's um, about, you know, cannabis turning purple. Um, So there's all different reasons why cannabis uh, turns purple and what parts of the cannabis turns purple. So uh, some strains will just genetically turn purple as they ripen uh, and they'll look purple some of the sometimes the the stems will, will be purple uh, there'll be stripes on the main stems that are purple um, and and that's something that's genetic so that'll happen pretty much no matter what now some strains are affected by the cold so if it gets cold in the fall um, they'll also turn purple but that won't necessarily be the case uh, if there's like Indian summer basically and like it doesn't get cold in the fall or their grow room doesn't get cold or whatever that strain will just stay green Uh, and then there is the deficiency of phosphorus so if you if you know you have a strain that doesn't normally turn purple and the leaf stems are turning purple you're seeing purple stripes uh particularly uh you know during the vegetative stage and as you sort of switch into flowering, um, a lot of people will misdiagnose that as a disease or a fungus. But what's really going on is a phosphorus deficiency. So um, when plants lack phosphorus, uh, there's a purple, purpling or reddening of the leaves, leaves and stems, which can occur. Um, and it usually starts in the lower leaves and branches and kind of works its way up the plant. Um, so if you're noticing those type of signs... Um, and it's not a strain that normally would act that way due to genetics or uh, cold temperatures, uh, then it's probably not due to the genes or the temps. Um, overwatering can, can exacerbate this issue as well. So just keep in mind, phosphorus is the P in the NPK ratio. So, so you know, it's nitrogen, phosphorus, and potassium. Um, so it's a major nutrient. It's needed for the plant to survive and thrive. Um, so most fertilizers that are made f- for the flowering stage, you know, they'll be called bloom or bud or something on, along those lines. It'll be the flowering stage base of a nutrient line. Uh, will will typically contain plenty of P or phosphorus. Um, sometimes growers will mistake a pH imbalance for a, a P deficiency. Uh, although, you know, it sounds like if you check your pH often, that's not going to be the case. Uh, and then you'll know that it is a lack of phosphorus. So in order to treat that, you need to add nutrients with phosphorus. Uh, organic forms of that include worm castings, uh, bat guano, bone and blood meal. If you're using a bottled nutrient solution, uh, you know obviously you want to use something where the NPK shows high levels of P, so that middle number uh, should be a higher number. Uh, most flowering or blooming nutrients for cannabis are going to contain some some phosphorus. So, uh, and as you add that uh, diluted with your nutrient solution, you should see the problem clear up within a week or so, and your new growth should be looking lush and green. So uh, that is, you know, your lesson in purple, uh, where purple should not be. Okay. Purple pot tips there. And uh, let's move on to our question and answer portion of the show. And if you have a question that you would like Dan to answer on the show, uh, please get in touch with us. You could email us, uh, that is info at growbudyourself.com. So let's, uh, let's jump right in here with Robert, who writes, uh, Hello, Danny and Mike. As always, thanks for all the tips and tricks. Today, I discovered something I had not seen before and thought I would ask about it. Have you ever used a tip pot? Uh, my question is, do you see a benefit in using this method? And do you think it would yield better than any other training methods? Uh, Much appreciated. Look forward to listening to each new show. So uh, what would you say to Robert about tip pots? Yeah, I uh, I, I checked it out on the website. It's tip-pot.com. And it's interesting. It's it's basically just a pretty simple way uh, to grow. You veg your plant out vertically, and then you tip the pot over, 
and uh, you know you flower the plant uh, tipped over. So uh, you know my concerns would be: it, are, is water able to get to the roots? And it looks like they've definitely solved that problem. Um, it's a permeated sort of thing that holds your soil uh, almost like a root bag kind of thing, um, and you just uh, water pour water right into that. So. I'm hoping that, you know, gets into all the places where the nutrient solution and water needs to go. Uh, but, you know, you just have to consider what you're giving up in vertical space. Um, you know, you're taking that up in horizontal space. So uh, if you plan on, you know, having that space available and tipping the plants over, uh, it's definitely certainly going to give you a lot more vertical space. Uh, you can drop your lights down lower and things like that. So there's advantages to it for sure. Um, people with, you know, certain plant counts uh, could benefit from doing this sort of thing. And, uh, you know, I like that the soil is kind of concealed within this bag because it makes it harder for pests and things to get into where that is. And so it's an interesting, uh, it's an interesting technique and, uh, interesting product that they have here, the tip pot. Um, and uh, certainly if you plan and prepare uh, to use it the way it's meant to be used, I think uh, it could benefit you for sure. You just have to remember that the vertical space is now going to become horizontal space and act accordingly. Okay. So uh, thanks for the tip on the tip pots, Robert. We appreciate that. And uh, let's move on to Austin Powers, who writes, uh, Hi, Danny and Mike. I uh, just received my handwritten note from Danny. Thank you for sending that to me. I'm listening in every week and happy to keep supporting Grow Bud Yourself. So yeah, you um, some of the, the handwritten notes went out to the Patreon people, right? That's right. Anyone who supports us, even at the uh, $4.20 uh, level, gets a handwritten note, a couple of stickers uh, in the mail, uh, and a, you know just a nice token of our appreciation for their support uh, at any level. And then, you know, once you get to the $25 or $40 level, you get a copy of my book signed and um, you get a mention on the show, although he got a mention <laughs> as well. So that's great. Uh, and that's a great way to support the show and, you know, just be part of the Grow Bud Yourself community, um, which uh, is growing as we speak. You know, we've got lots of uh, awesome listeners out there sending questions and we really appreciate it. And uh, we appreciate all your support. Yeah, and at that higher level, uh, also, you forgot to mention, I come to your house and just kind of stay for a while. <laughs> you make it awkward. <laughs> I make it real awkward. Uh, anyway, Austin um, Austin continues, uh, I have a question for you about leaf septoria. I noticed brown spots on my leaves and thought it was a calcium deficiency. After increasing nutrients, the problem seemed to keep getting worse and spreading leaf to leaf. After looking at some diagnostic sites, I've come to the conclusion that they were affected by leaf septoria brought on by environment. I think uh, due to some wet paper towels I left in the tent to try to increase uh, the humidity. Are my plants affected by septoria safe to harvest, dry, and smoke? Uh, thank you guys for everything and continue to bring the best cultivation information to your listeners. So uh, what would you say to Austin? Wow, yes. Uh, leaf septoria, definitely a very damaging disease. Um, you know, it's basically caused by common fungus spores. Uh, and, you know, that that's caused by having dead foliage around. Uh, you know, I always tell people, remove any dead leaves, uh, yellowing, dying leaves, uh, not just off the plant, but off the floor, off the surface of your soil in particular. That's a place where uh, a lot of molds will grow. So yeah, leaf septoria is really damaging, um, starting out with just yellow and brown spots uh, on the upper and lower sides of the leaves, um, sort of circular spots typical of, of where a spore would land and then spread. Um, oftentimes di misdiagnosed uh, as a water issue because a lot of times the same type of spots can be caused by uh, chlorine and, and different issues with water. Uh, but when it's leaf septoria and it really is, you know, the fungus, uh, it's bad. And as far as, um, you know, consuming your plants, I mean, it doesn't really spread to flowers. It's, it's a leaf disease. Um, but I certainly would not recommend, uh, consuming the flowers from plants that had leaf septoria. 
Um, you know, I would maybe consider, uh, you know, making water extracted hash or, or uh, some type of extract or something out of the flowers. But um, the leaves are diseased, you know, with this fungus and it certainly can't uh, be far from the flowers. So I would not recommend, um, you know, consuming flowers that were from plants that were diseased in any way, really, but certainly leaf septoria. Um, as far as treating it, you know, you always want to remove any infected foliage uh, immediately. Uh, if you catch it early, you can sp prevent the spread, uh, you know, but you want to remove all the infected leaves. And don't just remove them and put them on the floor or in a bag in the corner of the room or something. Get rid of them, you know, compost them, burn them, destroy them, whatever you need to do. You know, air circulation is important. You know, taking off some of the lower branches, letting, uh, you know, the, your fans, your oscillating fans move air around because when air doesn't circulate, that's when the funguses really get a foothold. Um, you said that the moisture, you know, that you added by having wet rags and stuff in the room, yeah, of course, that's going to be an issue. So avoid uh, moisture. Again, the surface of the soil is, is the place where, you know, these things love to uh, spread. So you know, remove any dead foliage, uh, you know, kind of clean up the top of your soil to e even take the first, you know, quarter or half inch uh, of uh, possibly infected uh, vegetation off and, and uh, dry the soil out properly and add some type of a mulch possibly to the top of the soil. That might help also just keep the fungal spores from uh, gaining a foothold. Um, Temperature and humidity, obviously, you know, leaf septoria loves hot, wet conditions. So if you can bring the temperature and the humidity down, um, that'll be good. And then, you know, the last step is obviously applying uh, fungicides, uh, which is really a last resort. But there are a bunch out there that are fairly safe to use. So, uh, yeah, good luck with your leaf septoria. And, uh, you know, if avoid consuming those plants and... Uh, on your next go around, just keep a clean, uh, maintained environment, uh, regularly clean the grow space, make sure the air is moving around. Rotating the plants doesn't hurt either. Moving them around uh, will keep you know them from being a place where fungal spores can attack. Yep. Let's move on to uh, Vermont007, who writes, uh, Hi, Danny and Mike. I'm starting to think about the upcoming season and getting some quality genetics. Uh, we grow outdoors in southern Vermont, and I wanted to know if you have any advice for strains that will do well here. Our grow season isn't very long. Uh, usually plants are safe to be moved out of the greenhouse around June 1st, but uh, we start to get frost in September, snow on the ground by mid to late October. Uh, we do run into issues with Botrytis some years, and sometimes we need to cut a little early. I was thinking about some of the early strains, but also had some great lilac diesel from another outdoor farmer, and that did well. So so what do you think, Dan? Strains that would do well up in Vermont? Yes. Um, so, uh, well, you did mention that the plants are coming out of a greenhouse. Uh, so there's no reason that they shouldn't be able to go back into the greenhouse uh, you know, in September and October as well, uh, which is a good way of extending your season a little bit, even if you just want to add a couple more weeks. Um, so keep that in mind. Um, but you certainly want strains that are going to be finished, uh, you know, in nine uh, and no more than 10 weeks of flowering. So you don't want any long flowering sativas or uh, sativa dominant hybrids. Uh, so you want to go with indica dominant hybrids, uh, you know, and you want stuff that's going to be, you know, filled out and done. You did mention, um, you know, that the season is really short. So, uh, you know, you might want to consider, uh, you know, some autoflowering plants that you grow earlier in the season and then get two seasons out of the, you know, out of the one season that you've got. Um, or doing some type of light deprivation in the middle of the summer. Um, in order to make sure those plants are flowering at an earlier date. So, you know, if you can get your plants out around June 1st, as you mentioned, out of the greenhouse, um, you can veg those plants, you know, through June, through July, and actually start flowering them, you know, earlier than, you know, early to mid-August by starting them, uh, 
you know, with light deprivation at a 12-12 in greenhouse. So, uh, yeah, I mean, like I said, indica dominant, um, you want something that's shorter than, you know, nine weeks. And, uh, you know, I think that lilac diesel sounds like a, a wonderful thing. I would also look to uh, seed banks, you know, from like the uh, Canadian regions that, you know, kind of specialize in plants that uh, have shorter seasons and uh, are adaptable to uh, higher altitudes and colder temperatures. All right. Makes sense. We hope that uh, helps you out there. Okay. So thank you, uh, Vermont007. And we have time for one more here. And, uh, you know, it's our boy, Chad Westport. What's up, Chad? How's it going? Chad writes, Hola, Danny and Mike. It's your boy, Chad Westport. I had a question for you or any of the fine hash makers you invite on the show. I have a bunch of dry sift keef from my trim bin, and I want to process it into different grades, uh, similar to the results of using bubble bags. What is the most effective way to do that? Could I dump my keef jar into bubble bags and then add some water to wash it through, or would that ruin my keef in any way? Or uh, will it serve the purpose of separating the heads into different micron bags as desired? Thanks again for the wonderful show. I appreciate you both. So, uh, thank you, Chad. And Dan, what would you say to Chad about his uh, keef? Yes. Um, so, I would not recommend um, going with water to wash it through at this point because you've avoided water to, to, to separate it. So, you know, you don't have to go through that extra process at this point. I would say... Uh, get a bubble uh, box um, for Bubble Man. Uh, our friend at Fresh Headies, uh, Mark, uh, the Bubble Man in Canada. His uh, bubble box is an incredible uh, keef tool where you can put your keef, you know, your dry sift into the uh, tray uh, and just sort of scrape it lightly across the silk screen. And the gland heads will fall through and there's all different sort of micron um, options that you can get there um, but that in that way just uh, lightly scraping back and forth uh, and mark's got tons of videos on youtube where he explains exactly how to do this um, in that way you can take uh, you know dry sift that's a bunch of different grades and really separate it into um, gland heads only and then all of the other, you know, the gland stalks, the uh, uh, pistillate uh, stalks and, and non-gland heads, the, um, you know, little bits of leaf and trim and things. Uh, and so he manages to do that, um, you know, just with that gentle scraping until he's just got the gland heads. And then uh, you can either use that to make rosin uh, by pressing it uh, with, you know, uh, rosin press. Or, you know, just, you know, even just use your fingers and press it together into a ball of hash in like the traditional sort of Frenchy cannoli style of just light, you know, lightly warming and pressing into like a Play-Doh ball. So that's what I would recommend as far as uh, separating the different grades of dry sift. Uh, I would just get the bubble box and uh, scrape lightly across the top and, and that, that way you'll separate the gland heads from all the other particulates. Makes sense. Um, would using water and bubble bags ruin the keef, do you think? It wouldn't ruin it. It's, uh, it's you know, you, you could use that if you had the right um, micron screen. Uh, you could put the keef on there and really uh, um, wash through uh, with very, very cold water and you'd end up with gland heads that you would then need to remove the moisture from uh, afterwards. So it wouldn't ruin it. It's just adding an extra step to the process. And because uh, Mark Bubble Man has already sort of perfected the process um, and it maintains keeping everything dry, uh, I think that's the, the, the better way to go about it. All right. We hope that helps you out there, Chad. Good to hear from you. And thanks to everybody who wrote in this week. Uh, as always, if you have a question that you would like answered on this show, send it to us. Uh, head over to growbudyourself.com and uh, get in touch with us. Uh, email, YouTube, Patreon, all sorts of ways, social media. We're going to take a little break, then come back and wrap this up. Sounds good. Let's do it. All right, we are back, and I think it's time to wrap up the show. 
Yeah, man, let's wrap it up. It's time. <laughs> All right. So, uh, cool, man. Episode number 31. Thank you to DJ Shock and Winstrong. Um, thank you to Aaron from DNA, DNA Genetics. Uh, thank you to Excelsior Extracts. Check out their THC-infused pain rub. Uh, follow them on Instagram at Excelsior Extracts and contact them through the DMs uh, about the pain uh, relief uh, THC infused rub. Thank you to vapor.com where the code GBY gets you 15% off anything you want on the site. Uh, that includes a tremendous amount of different vaporizers, uh, glass, uh, art products, uh, that are functional, meaning they get you high, um, <laughs> uh, vaporizer accessories, uh, rolling paper stuff, trays, CBD products, a ton of shit on vapor.com and GBY gets you 15% off all of it. Uh, you know, you got your, uh, your, uh, your black Friday or whatever, you know what I mean? Perfect time to get some gifts, uh, get your friend that, that peak pro, uh, the Puffco peak that they've been eyeing, you know, with like lasers that shoot out of it or whatever that might be. So, uh, you know, you can control it from your phone and, you know, uh, overthrow governments with it, whatever you need to do. It's um, top of the line. Yeah. Yeah. It's next level. So check out vapor.com. Remember that code GBY stands for grow bud yourself gets you 15% off. And, uh, thank you to my co-host and producer, Mike G. So yeah, I mean, I guess there you have it. Episode number 31, uh, grow bud yourself. Let's put this one in the books. <laughs>